What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, and today I'm happy to be joined by someone making their Kentucky Daily debut. Uh, Hunter Mitchell of Cameron Mills Radio is joining us to break down Kentucky volleyball's path through the NCAA tournament. Hunter, how are you? Good, Sean. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, I'm sure you're happy today too. I mean, this is uh, this is something that the UK volleyball program has never seen before, and there's been a lot of first times in this program in recent years, Hunter. But earning a number two overall seed in the tournament, just talk about how big that is for Craig Skinner, his program. That's a big deal. Volleyball is a lot different than basketball, right? Where you have four seeds in basketball, and in volleyball, it's you have there's 16 seeds total. Um, so you can be a team ranked in the top 25 and, and not get a seat at all next to your name uh, once selection something comes comes along if you're in that kind of 17 to 25 range. So um, seating is really important in volleyball because especially because you get those easier paths. It's important in basketball too, but um, you know volleyball it just has kind of an extra an extra deal to it. And um, you know Kentucky getting a two seed, they always seem to get good seeds at least recently they've gotten you know pretty good seeds. They had a four seed a couple of years ago which was the first for the program um and typically if you get a top four seed you get to host those first four rounds so you have a chance to play into the final four in your home gym um this year because of COVID they can't obviously but they always have good seeds but they don't have them good enough to where you know they, they get in the sweet 16 they're playing somebody who's pretty darn good um you know the, the knock against this program at least for the past four years has been they run into a Big Ten, a Pac-12 team who has a huge block, a big physical block, um, and they're just not used to seeing that. They play, they play in a weaker conference. The SEC is a powerhouse in almost every other sport, but volleyball is just kind of average in. Um, and so the SEC prepares them with the likes of Florida and the Missouri, but you aren't used to those Big Ten blocks until you actually see one. Um, and you look at Kentucky's path this year, and because they got that two seed, their path to a Final Four, I mean, I don't think Craig could ask for a better path than you know what they got this year and obviously there's good teams in there they got Purdue they could play in Oregon um, a Washington State team out of the Pac-12 that had some good moments this year but none of those are a Nebraska or a Washington or a Texas that we've seen Kentucky run into in the past um, that have knocked out some of Craig's best teams so them getting a two seed this year was absolutely huge. And you and I talk about this program a lot of uh, leading up to the season, when the season started, when they had the pause there in the middle before they got into the back half of it. How much has your opinion of this team changed since the beginning of the year till now and now in a position where they can make a run at a Final Four? I would say dramatically because coming into the season, losing a player like Leah Edmond like they did last year, Leah Edmond is the greatest athlete to ever play for Kentucky in the volleyball program. So losing that piece – 
you know, heading into this year, I knew they would be good. I just didn't know how good. Like, I knew they had the number one recruiting class coming in. They still had Madison Lillard. They still had Gabby Curry, all of which are, are huge aspects to an offense and huge pieces to the team. But when you lose a talent like Aaliyah Edmond, you do wonder what happens next season. Is it a rebuild um, in a traditional sense where, man, they're just not great? Or is it kind of like, oh, you know, they're good, but, you know, they're they're just average? This year is an average, and, you know, they're a team that has proven time and time again that they can compete at the highest level. And coming into the season, having the number one ranked recruiting class, that's great, but you wonder how is that class going to do when you get to a tournament, to a postseason, um, when you play a, a Florida on the road, when you play a Missouri on the road. So I knew they'd be good, but I didn't think it'd be this good. And I think it's a testament to Craig and to the staff's ability to recruit that they've got these girls – that came into the class as freshmen and are playing like they're juniors and seniors. I mean, they had Reagan Rutherford, who was a freshman that was starting for them early. She goes down with an injury. Maddie Skinner comes off the bench and produces, I mean, a huge minutes. They had Avery Skinner, one of their best outside hitters. She went down to injury in, in the fall. They had Sophie Fisher come in. She played big minutes and was huge for them. You know, they had two injuries to significant pieces of the offense in the fall. And didn't miss a beat. They went 8-0 in the fall. And after that Missouri game, they swept every opponent they played. It wasn't like they were winning close five setters once those injuries came down. They kept putting their foot on the gas. And every time this team, you know, I've kind of thought, ooh, do they have what it takes to kind of recover or to go that next step? They take it. And when you saw against that in that match against Florida, they should have beat Florida both times. They should have swept Florida two days in a row. They, they won the first set against Florida in that first game. They won the third set in that game. They were up 18 to 13 in the second set against Florida in that very first game. And they let go of the rope and Florida came back and won the entire match. And so you wonder how does a young team on the road come back from that heartbreaking loss where you're exhausted. You played a two and a half, three hour match against a top 10 team and you got to come back the very next day on the road and play them again. And they come out and sweep them in dominating fashion. So this team, it's like every time you, you wonder if, if, oh, they got knocked down a little bit. Can they get back up? They get back up and they swing even harder. So, um, you know, this team is miles ahead of where I thought it would be heading into the season. Yeah, and, and being in the SEC, obviously, they, they beat up on a down SEC outside of a Florida, outside of a Missouri, the other two teams that, that got bids to the tournament. But they, they haven't been tested the way the Big Ten teams are. We, we You and I have talked about that a lot. But and sure, they wanted to go undefeated, Hunter, but how much do you think, looking back on how they lost that, that match at Florida, how does that help them to not let that happen in this tournament? This team is a team that they don't lose focus a lot, and Craig talks about that. You don't ever really see them looking ahead of, of someone, but I do think that those losses, you always want to have a loss going into postseason, even if a coach doesn't want to admit it, they want it. And we had Rick Patino on the show like a month ago, and, and Cameron Mills asked him, like, how happy were you secretly to lose that game against Ole Miss? And he's like, I wanted to lose it. I, I was never going to admit that, but I want it. Because you just want your team to have a, a refocused attitude to know you're not world beaters. And when you play in the SEC, if you're Kentucky this season, they had won 39 straight sets before they lost a set to Ole Miss. They had won, I think it was like 17 straight matches before that match against Florida. Like, you need to have your mouth, you, you need to be punching the mouth a little bit. And when you're playing in an SEC, I think six of Kentucky's wins, if I add them up right, I think six of Kentucky's series wins this year, so 12 wins, came against opponents that were 500 or below. 
that's a bunch of matches that are against just kind of average, not good competition. So you need to have games against a Florida on the road where they come out and they punch you in the mouth and you drop one so that when you go into that postseason, you don't think you're world beaters. I feel much more comfortable and confident in this team at 19-1 and than I would have if they were 20-0 and having beat up on a very, very down SEC this year. It's Hunter Mitchell of Cameron Mills Radio joining us to talk about Kentucky volleyball throughout the tournament. Hunter, I know you're considering starting a podcast of your own, right? Yeah, I am, yeah. Let me tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listeners. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join or check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Hunter, continuing our discussion here, this is a team that's had some layoffs this season, obviously. I mean, they had a long layoff in the middle where the SEC split. Are you concerned at all about not playing for a few weeks before they go into that first tournament match, or do you think that that layoff previously has kind of helped them be prepared for that? think they're going to be used to it. They had that big layoff, obviously, between the fall and the spring. They also had a layoff where they had two series postponed. Um, I think they were off for like 19 days before they came back and played LSU. Um, in that match, they won the first set against LSU 25-12. to 12. So there was absolutely no rest at all. So um, I don't know. I, I think that they're probably going to be fine. Again, they're led by some seniors, Gabby Curry at the libero, Madison Molly at the senior setter's position. They've got a senior outside hitter. They've got a junior outside hitter. So they've got a lot of experience in kind of the key roles. Um, so I would be surprised if the layoff was an issue. I, I think this team is itching to play from talking to them. Um Kind of last week and and even today, you could just tell when Craig did his interview with the on the selection show. I think they're just ready to get going, and I think they're ready to play someone other than the SEC too. Um, so I, I don't think the layoff is going to be as much of an issue. 
Um, they did get that first round by, so their first opponent will have played the, the day before. Um, so they do get the advantage of playing someone who's having to play a back-to-back. Um, so that's kind of something that I think that they're going to have in their favor. Um, but I, I would be surprised if the layover was a big factor just because this team has been so focused and so set on, you know, accomplishing the goals that they set out for themselves before the season all year long. And it really hasn't felt like anything has, has really stopped them. Like I said, their one loss against Florida, even that one, they should have won. So they really haven't looked rusty despite all of these layovers at all this season. And one more thing, too, on them earning a two-seed. I meant to ask you this earlier. You and I both were surprised, obviously, a two-seed. A lot of us were. What do you think are some things that led to them getting that level of respect when it came to earning that spot over some Big Ten teams? Do you think it was what they've done over the course of late fall, through the winter, through the spring? Do you think it's just that? Because, I mean, the SEC, there wasn't those out-of-conference opportunities where they go to California, go out west, and play early in the season, and then play some of those non-conference matchups. What do you think was the the deciding factor in them getting it to? I think it's their continued excellence. The fa- First of all, they have a 3-1 record against ranked teams this year, and all four of those games were on the road. So that's a big help. Um, there were no fans this year, so the road environment was different, but a road game is still a road game. When you win, you know, three games against actually the top 10 competition because Missouri was number nine by the time they played Missouri um, back in October. But the fact that they started back in, I think it was late November or late September, early October, and they continued winning and winning the way that they have been, which were sweeps, which were dominating sweeps. Um, that's a big, a big thing that goes towards that. But also if you just look at where they are nationally, they lead the entire country in hitting percentage. No one, no one is hitting the way they are offensively. They have the best. Madison Lillou is named the SEC Player of the Year this year. Um, today, actually, she's leading the offense. She's, I think, she's second in the country um, in assists per set with 11.98. Um, so she is leading that Kentucky offense. Kentucky is, I think, third in the country in kills per set, second or third. So their offense is is really second to none in the in this team. Um, or in the in the country. So I think that's a big thing that has kind of propelled them towards that uh, to see. You also look at, at the country, um, you know, the Big Ten, they started in the spring. So they haven't played nearly as many matches as Kentucky has. And Wisconsin, you know, they're the undefeated number one overall seed. They're an incredible team. I've watched them a little bit this year. Um, they're an incredibly talented team, but they have missed a lot of series against really good competition because of COVID protocol. So even they playing in the Big Ten, you look at them and wonder, like, how good are they really? Because they didn't play some of these, you know, crazy, um, really good Big Ten teams that they were supposed to play. So um, I think the luxury that Kentucky has is that they've been playing since September, and Madison has gotten used to her hitters, you know, for a longer period of time than a lot of setters get. Um, And they've had that continued excellence where some of these Big Ten teams, although very, very good and very talented, haven't had quite as much game action as Kentucky has. And and one final question for you. This class was the first class that I covered, obviously, their Mm -hmm. freshman season. Uh, I know you followed this class for four years. Hunter, you know all about this program. How determined are you? How how determined do you think this group is to leave their mark on this program by doing something? Obviously, they already won four SEC championships, but they feel like there's so much more to do. How determined do you think they are to do something that has not been done in Lexington? I think they were fortunate to come in in that year where they had Ashley Dushek and Kaz Brown, where they got the top four seed, which had never done in school history. They had the luxury of, of being on a team that made history that year. 
that made the Elite Eight, which had never happened in the modern era. Um, that was so close to a Final Four. And so even as freshmen, they've tasted that, oh, my goodness, we were right there. You know, just a few more plays, you know, we could have turned that match around and made a Final Four. Um, and, and this class has been all about making history. I mean, it was that top four seed. Their freshman year it was the fact that they won back-to-back championships. Their sophomore year, which was the first time that had been done in 29 years, it was the fact that last year they won a third straight, which had never been done in school history. This year they won a fourth straight, which has never been done. And the fact that they get a number two seed, um, you know, this class has been all about changing the culture of Kentucky volleyball. And I asked Gabby, you know, after that SEC championship win, I said, what does it mean to you to be leaving Kentucky volleyball as a senior where that SEC title goes through Lexington now? It's not going through Gainesville. Florida's not, you know, the tops anymore in the SEC. And, you know, she she said it, it means everything. You know, Craig and the staff had had said at one time, we don't know if we're ever going to get to that Florida level to pass them. And here they are, and, and they have had Florida's number. They've won, like, five of the last seven against Florida. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure Mary Wise is getting a little annoyed at Kentucky because she was used to winning all these SEC titles, and all of a sudden Kentucky is winning, you know, four straight. You know, and they've gotten a share of them a couple of years, but, you know, Kentucky is winning these things outright. And, and you know, this year it really wasn't even close. I mean, they won by two games ahead of Florida. So, um, I think this class is all about making history. And even though Leah Edmond is not on that left pin, this team doesn't care. And, and I talked to Allie Stumler um, this year, and she says, I'm just trying to be Allie. I'm not worried about – I'm not Leah Edmond. I, I'm worried about being Allie. And that, that, that's the whole team's mindset is, you know, they just buy into each other and to each other's strengths, and that's why you've seen so much success from this team. You know, they're worried about what can I do to make this team better – um, and even after that SEC championship, you could tell they were excited, but they know there's one more thing they've got to do before they head out. And I think Craig, if he doesn't make a Final Four with Madison Lilly and Gabby Curry and didn't make one with Lee Edmond, I think he's going to kick himself because these have been some of the best teams that Kentucky has had. And so if anyone can get it done, it's this class and it's that coach leading them um, that he could absolutely take them to a Final Four this year. Yeah, I noticed that celebration after they uh, beat Alabama. It wasn't what it had been in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was they celebrated, but it was it's like expected okay, expected now. Yeah. yeah, and then they moved on. He's Hunter Mitchell, and I'm not kidding when I say he's the best when it comes to following UK volleyball. Hunter, some like I said, someone reached out to me today about coming on and talking UK volleyball, and I said I'm not your guy. <laughs> like you, you got to go get Hunter. Uh, Hunter, tell everyone where they can find your work and follow you on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at HMitchell14, um, and then the official Cameron Mills radio account is at Cameron Radio, and we'll have a show here in about 20 minutes, actually. And this episode, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Palmville, Kentucky, one in Winsburg, Kentucky, and then a third location coming later this month to London, Kentucky. So they're they're waiting to fill out the staff, pass inspections, and then they'll have a third Eastern Kentucky location for the Butcher's Pub. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you tomorrow on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, 
a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.